Ladies, dudettes, and everyone else above you identify as a toaster or doorknob, welcome, 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 welcome again for another episode of the Locker Room Podcast and a lot, a lot to cover. But as always, before I get into that, if you don't be so kind, give me a little like, subscribe, etc., etc. You should know the drill by now. And if you like these episodes, we do have visual YouTube channel coming in November. So stay tight for that. And it is one of those days, 24th October, just a few days shy of Halloween and podcasting live from the Chicago area. You probably heard of it. It's a little bit in the Midwest area. One of the, I want to say the big four states, uh, the big four cities over in the USA, Chicago, New York, San Diego, California, and Florida. I guess you can put Texas in there as well. But I think the big four are Chicago, New York, um, LA, and Miami, Florida. Those are the big four, but enough of that. Uh, before I get into these fights, I think I was telling you all last time that I was going to go watch um, Killers of the Flatter Moon featuring Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was quite interesting. Um, if you guys haven't seen it already, uh, quick recap, no spoilers. It's about essentially a story, true story, about uh, the Native Americans and the early American colonists how they essentially made a scheming plan to um, essentially take the wealth from the Indians that found oil in this small town. And essentially they did it by marrying into the family and then killing the family members, trying to kill the whole family. So after they got married, legally all the rights and everything would be in the main family's name and it just get transferred over. And apparently that was a thing. It was... Very sad, very sad. The first uh, two hours. I mean, the the whole movie was sad. I mean, goddamn, this is a true story. I mean, they just murdering people. But you know, um, if you want to be interested in that, I don't want to get too political with that. But overall, I think it was well done by Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Very, very, very good movie. But eh, three and a half hours. Don't know if I'm going to be watching that again. And can you blame me? That's just. I mean, our attention spans are already shot enough as it is, but Leonardo just doing the damn thing. One of the best actors of all time. And I believe the only good upcoming one we have is the Marvel Avengers. I think that's going to be on the 9th. I'm definitely going to check that out. That's actually the day. Oh, my God. It's going to be. So the 9th is um, the Friday before the John Jones fight. It may come out on that Thursday, but um, I mean, I... I think everyone mostly sees uh, movies between Friday, either Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, Monday through Thursday is just not really that viable. But I'm um, going to probably watch it that Friday, then the John Jones fight the next day, and then having a little Friendsgiving the next day. So I just got a little excited. That's going to be a pretty exciting weekend, to say the least. So enough about that. Uh, this past Saturday, today's Tuesday, what, three days removed now. You guys probably... Not probably. You guys have definitely heard the news unless you've been just not on the Internet or your algorithm may be screwed up. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but whoo, Islam Makachev defeats Alexander the Great Volkanovsky in the first round via head kick. Jesus Christ. 
God damn, who in the hell saw that coming? That, I mean, the first fight was close. Everyone was um, debating about it, discussing it, saying it could have arguably gone to Alexander Volkanovsky. I think it was 3-2 Islam. But this time, he just shut the door on all of that. There's no more discussion. I don't see any other rematch happening. The better man did win. It was like a bullet seeing Alex like that, though, right? It reminds you of the first time I saw Anderson Silva knocked out against Chris Weidman when he was goofing around. Also, when Kamaru Usman got knocked out. And this is probably the third time where it was just like a shocker. Like, you see the best of the best just... I mean, just just lose. It's 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 rough, man. It, it's really really hard. It makes you not want to get too close to these fights. But holy hell, that that that's what we got, man. That that's the way the cookie crumbles. And don't get too close because you might have your heart broken, like I did against Anderson Silva. God damn, that still hurts. God damn you, Chris Weidman. But anyways, um, one very interesting about this fight is the number of strikes that were thrown. I mean, Alexander Volkanovsky, unfortunately, didn't even get out of first gear, let alone into the second round. He threw 18 strikes, and he only, let's see, no, he threw 18 strikes and landed 11. Uh, Islam threw 39 strikes and landed 46. That, Jesus Christ. And out of those uh, 18 total strikes Volkanovsky threw, only six were significant. He only and he landed four significant strikes compared to Islam Makachev's 24. 24%. Jesus Christ. Imagine, say this all the time. Guy punches you in the face 24 times compared to him punching you in your face four times. I mean, you obviously want to be the guy to get the most licks in. And it was just absolutely insane to see. Just. It was just the facial expression of Volkanovski was just really, really tough to watch. I don't believe he should be fighting in January against Ila Tapura. He's 35. He says he wants to get back in there. He talked about his, essentially his struggles. It seems like with depression, he didn't use the word depression, but he was talking about his, essentially his struggles with everything. Don't really like hearing that from someone in Volkanovski's just status. It's just weird. It's like, Alex, you have everything that you need. You have the money, the wealth, your family, your beautiful kids. I mean, you're making millions and millions of dollars. He definitely got paid at least $2 million to step in against uh, Islam Makachev on short notice. I expect a minimum $2 mil. I mean, what was that? It was 11 or 12 days notice. You have to like pay the man his money because that was just, I mean, when Charles Oliveira did pull out, Hopefully, they make the rematch with Islam following up, but they may go the Justin, Gucci, uh, Justin Gaethje right, uh, route. Uh, trying to speak some English today. But Volkanovski, it was just r- really, really tough to see. And you just don't want to see that from fighters, the speech, and wanting to make a quick turnaround because it's just not good. I know they say you have to get a medical suspension um, from the doctors, but usually they overwrite that really quick by just getting another test. So it's going to be very interesting what happens. Islam from here, he probably goes and fight Justin Gaethje or Charles are the two options. He wants to go up uh, to 170 to face the winner of Leon Edwards and Kobe Covington. Don't really believe he's there yet. I don't believe he's there yet, but with him defending 
his strap against someone trying to become a double champ status. It's kind of like, should we allow him to add gold to his resume? So I can see the argument from both stances, right? Um, From the Islam stance, yes, from his perspective, he deserves the right to go up. But from a fan perspective, from a business perspective, and for the building of a legacy status in that um, 155-pound division, trying to cement himself as the best lightweight of all time, surpassing Khabib, he has to add names to his resume. The Dustin Poirier's, the Justin Gaethje's, Charles Lavera second time does does good business as well. The Matush Gamrots and who else is in there? I mean, that's probably man the Patty the Baddies. I don't know, maybe maybe probably not. He's probably not gonna make it up in the top ten. But you get the point and the gist of what I'm trying to say. So it's gonna be interesting what is going to happen from here on out. Ooh, and and the co-main event, the co-main event of the evening. Uh, I don't know why. I, I really wish Paula Costa would have filled in. Yes, before hindsight, having the former number one pound-for-pound fighter, the former welterweight champion, 175 pounds, getting him to step in on short notice really did sound fantastic before we were told all of this. It was so nice to see him back in the octagon. But damn, it's just... Hamzat Chimov is a mother effort. That first round... People are kind of giving Hamzat some, you know, some flack. But we, ladies and gentlemen, we have never seen anyone do that Kamara Usman ever. We need to put some respect on Hamzat's name because he got 10-8, absolutely dominated. Never once in Kamara Usman's career have we seen him put on his ass as quickly as Hamzat put him down. Was that probably going to happen? Yes. Did Hamzat sort of gas in that second, third round? Yes, he absolutely did. But, however, it was revealed that he did break, he did, um, he broke his wrist when Kamara Usman slammed him in that first round. So, I mean, trying to take Kamara Usman on single-handed, it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask in general any day of the week. And we kind of saw that when Kamaru Usman did bounce back in that second round. And then the third round was kind of close. Not a lot of action in that second round. A lot of people said you could have scored it for Usman in the second or third round. I'm, I'm not going to argue. I do give Hamzat that third round, the second round to Kamaru Usman. But that first round was definitely a 10-8. And we did get a majority decision by Mr. Hamzat Chimav and the strikes. Hamzat threw 143, landed 107. Not Not a lot. And Kamar Usman threw 58. Um, no, he threw 92 and landed 58. Hamzat threw 143, landed 107. Read that backwards there. A little cross-sided today, it looks like. But anyways, uh, Hamzat Shemaev getting that guaranteed title shot to a Mr. Sean Strickland. That will be interesting to say the least. Um, it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because I don't know. Who is going to win? Hopefully, it was the complete wrist issue for Hamzat. Because if he brings that lackluster gas take or the short, um, the short-staffed endurance, he's going to win the first two rounds against Sean Strickland. But I have Sean Strickland taking over in the third, fourth, and fifth. And that is absolutely insane to say 
now in the year 2023 with Sean Strickland currently being the middleweight champion. It is insane. Absolutely insane. But that is where we are, and I can definitely see Sean Strickland taking it. My money is going to be on Hamzad. I do believe, given that it's going to be a title shot, he's going to literally, he's going to have to not cut any corners, bring in the best of the best people. Obviously, if we all see his gas taking issues, his coaches and everyone else sees it as well, and they're going to want Hamzat Chimov as champion. So I do slide with, I do side with Hamzat Chimov winning that future middleweight bout, but that is a podcast for the future. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to bring it to a close for the evening. As I mentioned before in the beginning of the podcast, YouTube channel coming out in November, 100% guaranteed. If you have not already, join our Discord where we do play games. That is the Hotbox Squad. My name on there is Taj. Send me a message right in the gin chat. Um, tag me at the at sign if you guys want to get my attention in there. But also, always, we are in there gaming, hanging out. So... Just do that. Have some fun. Enjoy your weekend, guys. And hope you guys have a happy Halloween.